Hello and welcome to Rollins Around Town. I'm Sam Stark and I serve as the Vice President of Communications and External Relations here at Rollins College. Rollins Around Town is a showcase of outstanding people who make dynamic and important contributions to the Rollins campus and throughout Central Florida. In either case, these are difference makers who help uplift the mission and brand of Rollins and who help make our region a special place to live, learn, and work. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Penny Parker, Director of Athletics here at Rollins. Penny joined Rollins in 2002 and was named Director of Athletics in 2006. She is charged with maintaining the department's stellar reputation, both athletically and academically, while adhering to the Rollins mission of producing global citizens and responsible leaders. Penny's efforts were recognized by her peers in 2013 and 2017 as she was named Under Armour Division II Athletics Director of the Year. In 2020, she was selected as the Nike Administrator of the Year by women's leaders in college sports. And under Penny's leadership, perhaps most important, Rollins was honored with the Division II President's Awards for Academic Excellence in 2020 for the 10th straight season. The TARS academic success rate has led the Sunshine State Conference since the NCAA began calculating ASR in 2006. Penny, welcome to Rollins Around Town and thank you for being here today. Well, thank you, Sam. So tell us about your journey a little bit, sort of your quick backstory and, and what led you to Rollins back in 2002. Oh, I'd be glad to talk about it. Um, I actually started in Division I um, way back a long time ago um, at, at the Office of Compliance at the University of Georgia, which was my alma mater. And then I left there in 1996 um, and moved to Jacksonville University, which is just up the road, another Division I institution, and worked in their Office of Compliance and Academic Support and Student Services. Um, but then I took a turn and I went over to Florida State and worked there from 1998 to 2002 um, as the director of compliance. Um, I learned so much in that role from my direct supervisor and from Dave Hart as well. Um, but in 2002, um, my husband and I had the opportunity to relocate to Central Florida. And with um, UCF and Rollins being the choices um, on the board, um, I was able to meet with Phil Roach and he convinced me that Division II was a, a great transition for me. And I actually um, couldn't agree more now in hindsight. Yeah. Um, I was very um, lucky to be selected as the SWA and Assistant AD for Compliance. Then shortly after I was here, Phil announced his retirement. And I served as um, interim for a year and then was fortunate enough to be selected as the Director of Athletics. So I've been doing that, as you said, since 2006. Um, and I've enjoyed every minute of it. Love it. Love the story. And certainly a shout out to our friend, Phil Roach, who we both uh, know and consider a good friend and, and mentor in many ways. So, I mean, we'll talk about it and maybe you'll answer some questions that, I'll, that I have planned to ask later. But are there any really dramatic differences or what are the significant differences from 2006 Director of Athletics, Penny Parker, to 2022 Director of Athletics, Penny Parker? Wow, I don't know if we have enough time to talk <laughs> about the evolution of college sports right. um, during that period of time. Um, you know, I think the first few years um, as AD, it was business as usual. I will say it was the time when there wasn't a lot of change and shifts going on at the NCAA level, and the membership was kind of settled into a nice routine. 
Um, but since COVID, um, I think it's just been the perfect storm. We've had COVID. We've had NIL. Yeah. We've had the transfer portal. And now we have a new NCA um, constitution, which is a highly debatable um, subject, I think more among our Division I peers. Um, Division Two and Division Three. Um, now we're, fed, we're able to go and make our own set of rules and bylaws with some overarching, I uh, would say, principles that will be governed at the NCAA national office levels. Those yeah. would be championships, um, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and health and safety. But when you get down in the day-to-day of what we do, um, that's going to be more specific to the division that you live in. Yeah. So I think looking back to 2006, um, the evolution has just been tremendous. Yeah. And I believe we are still not done yet because our friends at Division One have to decide what they're doing, if they're going to be Power Five and something else, yeah. or if they're going to all be one division or three divisions, and you know, are the mid-majors looking for another home in Division Two or Division Three? So I feel like we're on the cusp of something really big and something that's a big opportunity for Division Two and Three to grow in. So that was actually one of my questions. Like in, in a snapshot, if that's even possible, like mm-hmm. what, what's the, the differences between Divisions 1, 2, and 3? Okay. Um, well, Division 1, I think as we all know, is a more, I would say, funded um, division. They offer more scholarships than Division 2. Um, there's a lot of full rides, as we call them, which is a full scholarship to compete as a student athlete. Um, at the Division 1 level, there's also um, more TV uh, revenue, more opportunity um, to be showcased on television. There's also, I think, more time demands on the student athlete. You know, they work out, they go to class, but then they work out again, and then they have study tables, and then they practice. So the time demands on a Division I student athlete, in my opinion, limits them from really being much of a student. They're not really ingrained in the institution's student body. Division two, I'll, I'll brag on division two because I do believe it's the best place. We do have a balance. Yeah. You know, we have a lot of partial scholarships. We don't re- usually give full scholarships to anybody, and that's across the division. It's not necessarily specific to Rollins. And there's an opportunity to be more of a student and an athlete. Um, and I think the things that I really appreciate in division two is that my student athletes can study abroad so we can fulfill the mission of the institution. They can work. You know, it's, it's always uh, something that happens that at all institutions that, you know, it's expensive and some families aren't able to afford it. So the student athlete has to work as well. Right. So this gives you the opportunity to be highly competitive, but be a student, too. And I think that's so important. And I hear a lot of kids who transfer from Division One to Division Two just say that I just want the opportunity to do more than just my sport, right. but be highly competitive. And we love to take those kids because we know that they're dedicated as a student athlete and that they're dedicated as a student. And then Division Three is a non-scholarship model, and therefore their time demands as an athlete are much less. I would say that um, we do have, when you're competing in-season, and then you have an out-of-season where there's, you know, limited competition, but you still have to practice. And Division Three, there's only one season, and that's your competitive season. So, yeah. We run the gamut of what the time demands look like and the competition looks like, um, but I think Division Two is the best place because yeah. we let, we have a balance. Couldn't agree more. So you, you touched on a little bit of a hot topic today, um, probably mostly at the Division One level, but I guess everywhere, is the name, image, and likeness, NIL. Mm-hmm. Basically, right, the opportunity for student-athletes to make money on their own. 
and we you know we hear about some division one athletes making six figures maybe a couple <laughs> making seven, seven figure uh deals um I mean, in, in, again, in short, what's NIL and, and what's NIL look like here at Rollins? Well, that's, a, that's another big question. <laughs> um, NIL, as you mentioned, is name, image, and likeness. And that's the ability for a student athlete to be able to be compensated for the use of their name, image, of like, or likeness. That includes you know, charging for autographs. It also could include tweeting out at a restaurant, hey, this is the best place to eat on Park Ave. And, you know, there's a gift in kind, maybe a free meal attached to that. But as you mentioned, you know, we have some friends that are in Division One that are making seven figures. So um, those those opportunities are very, very different. But each state legislates what is permissible by NIL. So at the moment, that's another big topic within the NCAA. Is there an opportunity for us to be unified and create the platform that's the same throughout all 50 states? Because Florida says one thing, Georgia says another. You know, so it's very, very confusing, I think, for a student athlete to know what's permissible and what's not. So at Rollins, we've um, partnered with Athliance, which is a local company who helps navigate the waters for a student athlete and helps them understand what opportunities are available you know, and provides education around what's the ta- taxable implications of what you're doing. Is this legal? What does this mean? So we've, we've been very happy with that partnership. Um, and we have, last I heard, 19 NIL deals. Interesting. They're all, you know, $2,500 or less. But at the same time, it does show that even Division Two and Division Three student-athletes can monetize their name, image, and likeness. Right. Interesting. 19, 19 our students have some sort of deal some sort of deal going so <laughs> we are excited that um, as I've talked to my peers in division two I don't know that many more institutions have yeah. anything going better than what we do so I'm very excited and proud of our student yeah, athletes impressive um, yeah an interesting um, uh, NCA rule that I guess we'll continue to see how it evolves another one of those sort of ever potentially ever changing and uh, updating and modifying, but uh, but it's here to stay, right? Like it's it, here to stay, yeah. absolutely. And I think the the less voice that we have as an association in it, the more it will be decided by our local government, our state government, um, and perhaps even you know national federal legislation. Right. Um, so it's wise for us to, I think, come together and decide what would be best for our student athletes because we're the practitioners, we're the ones who live it, right. Um, I know that there's a lot of chatter about, well, they could unionize the student athletes and get paid. And, you know, I, I, I don't know that that's exactly where we should be focusing. Tough. It's, I mean, it's been going on forever. And, you know, when I was at Florida Citrus Sports dealing with college football mm-hmm. back in, in the day, I mean, it was always such a topic about pay the athletes and uh, the debate over isn't their education enough. Uh, where I guess it kind of used to be, but, but maybe not so much today. So Right, and I think if we could touch on that yeah. education piece, that I, that is one part of the Florida law that I think has been beneficial, um, is that we're supposed to um, provide five hours of financial literacy training for our student-athletes their freshman and junior year. So even outside of an NIL deal, I think it's important that a student-athlete understands what their scholarship covers how they can live on a budget and all those conversations. And we've expanded it at Rollins. Um, Dr. Joan Davison helped us create a course um, for one hour credit 
um, and it's for 15 weeks throughout the semester. And we folded in more life skills. You right. know, we folded in, you know, the importance of sleep, you know, the importance of nutrition, mental health, all the things that we as a membership need to be focusing on. Yeah. So I think that is one part of the Florida law that I'm very, very excited about. That's great. So one of the great things about Rollins is partnerships, and Rollins Athletics has one that I think is just fantastic, and that's with our friends and neighbors over at Full Sail University just around the corner. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, I'll give a shout-out to our former SID and athletics communications person, Nate Wyant, and then Gus Ramsey over at Full Sail, and, and even you helped us craft this partnership with Full Sail And we know that many students want to get into the field of um, athletics communication, broadcasting, and those sorts of opportunities. And what better place than for us to use and meet with the students at Full Sail. And they are able to provide us coverage at our games and do the broadcasting for us. So it's it's a first step for them to understand what it's like to be in that seat. Um, And so I'm very, very excited and pleased with that partnership. Yeah. Well, the thing I liked about it the most, um, I mean, aside from just a good partnership, but it allows our student athletes and our coaches and our student athlete families and our student athlete recruits to, to see Rollins, mm-hmm. where before they just they just couldn't, right. right? Like, I mean, but now they're able to hear it um, over some sort of broadcast and, and even now see it. Uh, right. And, uh, what a, like, that doesn't happen at every Division two school where many, many of the sports are, are broadcast online. Um, and so mom or dad sitting in Albuquerque, New Mexico, could uh, watch, their, watch their child play. Right. And, and I, I would want to say that our live streaming has been so, so important to us. Yeah. Um, as you said, it gives everybody a lens into our competitions, into our um, student athletes, and, you know, into our backyard. Right. And I had an email from a parent um, before swimming um, had a senior day, yeah. and it was right when COVID was peaking. She and her husband weren't going to be able to come and watch their senior swim, her last meet, um, and certainly not be able to see the senior day festivities. But through these partnerships, we were able to stream the whole thing, including the senior day festivities. So Amazing. that, in, you know, in and of itself is yeah. fulfilling, yeah, and great. we're just very fortunate to have that partnership. So talk a little bit about our student athletes in the community, right? That's what, kind of the focus of Rollins around town as a, as, a, as a concept. And so what can you share about our student athletes around town? Our student athletes, I think, are very, very engaged around town. Um, before COVID, um, we were yes. obviously very, um, very, I would say, involved in many, many different aspects of the community and the greater Orlando community through community outreach, community service, um, just doing a lot of great things. Um, since COVID, we've tried to remain active, but you know, it, it, our opportunities have been more limited. So pre-COVID, we were doing like the Ronald McDonald House ride. We were going out and trying to volunteer at different facilities. We were doing the hygiene packing um, for you know people who might not have those resources. And then doing fundraisers for like juvenile diabetes through men's lacrosse. I know women's lacrosse was doing Relay for Life. You know, just all those opportunities that have kind of been, I would say, scaled down since yeah. COVID. But we've also been able to ramp up with our partners at Orlando Health the opportunities for Dig Pink or Coloring for Autism. You know, all those opportunities are still going on. 
and we are happy to say that we are able to partner and you know still do our part in the community. I love that. And you too. I mean, I know you're involved with some things locally, but mm-hmm. but I know you spend a lot of time in the in the higher ed community mm-hmm. for for college athletics. Where where are you spending your time, you know, when you're not specifically just sitting in your office doing Rollins athletics work? Uh, well, actually, I've been doing a lot of work with the NCAA leadership development um, department and team. Uh, so I've done a lot with the NCAA pathway program, which is a, a year long um, program that allows us to identify, I would say, the next leaders in Division One, Two, and Three. So we have a small cohort. cohort and we spend really intensive training with those students or with those i'm sorry administrators preparing them for the chair yeah. the athletic director chair Very cool. and i have enjoyed that immensely i um, get to be the liaison for division two there's one for division one and one for division three so we spend a lot of time with these um, administrators getting them ready yeah. And then tomorrow, I'm actually sitting on a panel for the Leadership Academy for younger administrators. So it's those who might be just finishing their graduate assistantship and making their first steps into athletics. So I really enjoy the mentoring piece. Yeah. And I think that's something that's so important is for us to give back. Yeah, I love that. Well, one other area that Rollins is very involved in the community are uh, summer programs. Um, a lot of our coaches offer summer camps and opportunities. Can you share a little bit about that? Sure. Um, Our summer programs, I think, have really come back. Two years ago, because of COVID, we couldn't do any. And then last year, we had modified camps with smaller groups. Right. Um, But we have seen that the community's hungry for that. You know, they want their children to be able to to go back and and be active and spend time learning a sport. So I would say we're going to expand our opportunities this summer. Um, we have a new softball coach. She's going to be doing a lot. Uh, women's lacrosse is doing some and women's soccer. So, you know, I, I believe the opportunities will be uh, more available. And we hope that the community um, considers us when they start looking for summer activities. Yeah, I love those. It's amazing the, the, the longevity <laughs> and the stories you hear from people, certainly probably around my age, who either went as kids or uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, now have their own kids attending some of these camps. So it's Right. Uh, it's an important piece of the community's fabric, which I love. Yes. I, you know, I know stereotypes aren't a good thing, but I'll, but I'll ask it because in this case, I, I know that it is. But what's the stereotype of the Rollins student athlete? I think in the, in the conference, the stereotype is, um, as you touched on um, in my intro, is being the, a, a very highly academic student athlete, one yeah. that's committed to their classroom performance as well as their athletic performance. So the, I would say that we're a very, very smart group. Um, one thing that I, pr- I pride myself in is that we've had nine valedictorians since I've been the athletic it's director. Amazing. And I think that is amazing. Yeah. I don't know anybody else in athletics who can claim that, um, even at the Ivies. So I'm very, very proud about that. Right. And then we were able to get the presidential award again for academic success this year. So now we're up to 11. Huh. Um, but we're, the, you know, some of the highest in Division Two. So I think when you look at us from the outside, you see a group of student athletes who are highly intelligent, but yet very, very competitive. Yeah, love that. Love that about our student athletes. You know, one of the things that um, has been, you know, this is super in the Rollins circle, but is where do we play, right? We play in the Sunshine State Conference, a great conference here in, with all teams in the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. Um and what's the latest, right? Like, I mean, I've heard discussions about Rollins should go Division One and Rollins should go Division Three. 
are we right where we should be or, you know, uh, is there something else? And I think that's a great question. And I, and I believe, Penny Parker believes, yeah. that we're right where we should be. Um, I know that we've looked in the past at the Division One opportunities. And then we've also thought about Division Three opportunities because we've been approached by both divisions mm-hmm. uh, about transitioning to uh, to their ranks. And I would say that because of where we're situated and yeah. the high academic demands on our student athletes, being in a conference that's all private liberal arts, so we all have a same or a similar ethos, and all within a bus trip, you know, four and a half hours is the farthest we might go, it makes a lot of sense. We don't have the missed class time. Um, now, I will say my coaches will say that, well, ac- you know, academically, Rollins is so hard to get into. So it's a disadvantage for recruiting. Yeah. But they all managed to do it. Yeah. They all managed <laughs> to find the right fit for us. Yeah. And those student athletes who do well in the classroom and who are highly competitive. So I believe that Division Two is where we belong. And then I think with the upheaval, my final thoughts on that at the Division One level, you know, things we're a conference of 11 now. You know, what if? There is transition. Could we be a conference of 12, which would be ideal mm-hmm. for competitions? 11 is kind of a wonky number. Right. Um, or, you know, it could be 13 or 14. So we'll just see. Yeah. What is there division. a 12 school out there? You don't have to say who it is, but is there a 12 school that, that you all know about and sort of internally at this, at the, within the conference have identified as possible? Oh, it's possible. Yeah. Interesting. Well, we'll see where all that goes. You know, you mentioned it. I mean, our, our coaches do an amazing job. Um, probably to some degree in fairness, they, they do have a harder time recruiting, but, but as you pointed out, they always seem to find a way. And, um, what I've always appreciated is number one, our coaches seem to stay a long time. And that just says something about the institution, your leadership, the student athletes that they're able to recruit. There's sort of a secret sauce going on at Rollins or does this happen? And I, I don't think it does. I don't think it happens within every other Sunshine State Conference. What, what's going on here? No, I think there is some secret sauce. I'd like to say that it was something I created, but I'm not really sure. I just think, again, it's that blend of what we do, the yeah. student athletes that we recruit, and then the the family atmosphere that I try to create within yes. athletics. And it's so nice to have coaches who have been in their positions for 30 years. As we do bring on some new coaches, you know, we do have transition at times them to be able to mentor those that come behind and tell the story of why Rollins is such a special place. And I do think there's folklore out there that, you know, that I hope is true, that Rollins really is a special place, that you come here, you have the resources, and you have great student athletes, and what's not to love about our campus. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I love asking this to colleagues. Um, what, What is your, you know, snap your fingers and make it happen wish? For Rollins Athletics? Well, I believe I would want every student athlete to be able to have a scholarship okay. to come and compete for us. Um, and then if I could have two snaps. <laughs> <laughs> Pushing it, Penny. But go ahead. I know, I know. <laughs> I think I would want to begin upgrading our facilities and updating our facilities. Um, yeah. You know, as we look at our, our conference foes and, you know, the other institutions in our conference, some have made great strides in renovations but you know what we have again is so special and it's just part of the fabric of the institution so it's um with as a campus which in essence now is landlocked and we don't have just big plots of land sitting empty wondering what to do with it 
I just want like, is it possible to redo the 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 gym um, without having a, an interim plan for the for the student athletes to have to play somewhere else for let's just say basketball and volleyball? I don't think you could do the major major renovations, yeah. but I think you could do it in parts and pieces. Yeah. So you know, maybe you look at locker rooms first. Maybe you expand the sports medicine space. That provides us more opportunities for locker rooms and then chair back seats. Right, right. <laughs> As you are one of our <laughs> biggest fans and you're in there, I, I, I see you sit for a minute, but then you get up because right. there's nothing to support our back. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's probably, I probably have seven or eight snap my finger wishes for, for my alma mater. Right. You know, not necessarily the place I work, which, oh, by the way, I do, but um, mm-hmm. and, and that would be one for, for me too. So maybe this is the same answer. I was, you know, I always like to ask what's your, you know, if you were president for a day at, at Rollins and, and, you know, you, there's a, a friendly coup of President Cornwell's office for a day and President Parker takes over. Um, is that where we're going probably with your snap your finger wishes? I think so. I think the the scholarships for our student athletes, we're fortunate that we do have some scholarships allocated to our to most of our sports, not all of our sports. So the effort, though, and the, and the, I would say, just intensity that our student-athletes bring every day to their sport should be recognized, and that would be such a wonderful way to do it. Yeah, and, and maybe we can touch on it because I, I do hear people talk about it, just again in a small circle, but our financial aid model for our student-athletes is, is two-pronged, is ac- athletics. So mm-hmm. your coach acts and you get this amount of money and you have to divide it up however you so choose. Uh, but then you also, as the coach, can uh, help with academic funding. And so, so just as any student is potentially eligible for academic funding mm-hmm. and scholarships. Yeah, we have great partners over in financial aid. Yes. And they um, look at the total package, you know, and we treat our student athletes just like any student when they first um, apply to Rollins. We, right. They do their FAFSA. We look at their need. Um, and we have, like you said, some small pots of money to distribute to the different sports. So you might get a small athletic scholarship, but you might qualify for a large academic scholarship. But those two together will help you and your family be able to to, to come to Rollins. Right. So I think our coaches are really, really fantastic in that space. You know, they make some, that's some of the secret sauce, I yeah. think. Um, but again, the students have to do the work on the front end to be academically eligible for that merit money. Right. And, um, I'm so pleased with our partnership with financial aid. And then on the backside, I will say that athletics in and of itself does generate a good amount of tuition, net revenue, net tuition revenue. Yeah. Do you have a favorite spot on campus you like to get away to? Like when you're just had it up to here with all your coaches. <laughs> Anywhere <laughs> outside, I will say I do enjoy walking down toward the boathouse. Yeah. Um, that's the best office on campus, no doubt. I go down there and I'm standing there going, I don't think I should move all the, you know, the sailing coach and the water ski coach up to my office and I need to sit here. Makes sense. It does. It's just quiet and peaceful. (laughs) You know, as we close, one of my probably other snap my finger and make it happen wishes is that the community, the Winter Park community would, would come see I don't even want to put the burden or the pressure on the community to support the athletic programs because they've got to, got to come see it. But I'm confident that if they come and watch a softball game, a lacrosse game, a baseball game, a basketball game, they'll really appreciate it, not only as potentially people who are retired, but anybody with a kid of just about any age. Mm-hmm. The quality of competition is fantastic. Uh, it's just 
very affordable. Mm-hmm. And now we're in, you know, this is sort of after COVID, but um, when, when life, whatever, resumes to whatever normal means then. Um, is that, you know, how do, how, do, how do the coaches wrestle with that? How do you and your team wrestle with that and try to put more, you know, community people uh, in, in, the st- in the seats to watch our student athletes? Right. Well, and I think that's a, a great point. Um, we know that before COVID, again, we'll say yeah. that um, our attendance was, it was good. When, yeah. you know, we had the local families who bring their children. It was very affordable. It's even more affordable now because we're not going to charge um, for entrance in any of our games this spring. So there's, you know, something really cheap for you, for the families to come out with their children and just let them enjoy watching Rollins sports um, at their finest. Um, yeah. And the, the point I was going to make, my selfish plug, <laughs> is that basketball season, um, we, we are not out allowed to have fans right now, um, but we do play Florida Southern tonight so they can watch that yeah. on, on the live stream. Um, but then our outdoor sports uh, start today. Awesome. Yeah, so yeah. our spring sports, um, the seasons begin today, and we have a couple of teams that are on the road, but we'll have a lot of, like you said, baseball, softball, men's lacrosse, women's lacrosse, tennis. Yeah. All those um, sports will be swinging into action and just something going on all the time. All the time. Mm-hmm. So remind people where they can go to find the schedule and, and the live streams. Right. It's at rollinsports.com. And there usually is a banner at the top with the live events um, and the live stream opportunities. So just click on that. And uh, if you can't make it to our facilities, you can certainly watch it online. Yeah. Was there anything else that you want to share? Anything I didn't ask or that, um, you know, is worth uh, sharing with our audience today? Um, I would just say that we do appreciate the community support. Um, They're very good to us. um, And we appreciate um, you being in the stands. And then please take a look at our camp offerings in the summer. I think that's something that's um, a great value for the community. And as you said, I hear stories all the time of how when I was growing up in Winter Park, I went to these camps, and now my children are coming to these camps. So we do a great job, and it's just a lot of fun for the students, and for the because we do have student athletes that work the camps, but it's a lot of fun for the youth in Winter Park. Yep. Well, Penny Parker, Director of Athletics here at Rollins College, thank you for being with us on Rollins Around Town. Uh, you are one of the best, literally, and you mm-hmm. have awards to prove it. And um, I certainly think that, too, uh, just as your friend and colleague. So thanks for all you do for Rollins and Rollins student-athletes. So to thank keep you. updated on all of our shows and guests, follow uh, Rollins Around Town on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to our podcast, Rollins Around Town, on Apple, Google, and Spotify next week. February 9th, our guest will be U.S. Representative Stephanie Murphy. Uh, We will be uh, live from Washington, D.C. next week. So be sure to tune in to listen to Representative Stephanie Murphy. So with that, I thank Angel, our awesome marketing coordinator and board operator, and wish everybody a great day here in Winter Park. Have a great one. Thank you.